Welcome to Faith and Good Counsel, where we talk about ways to live a virtuous life and all of the things that affect us in our vocations, in whatever state of life we may be in. And now your host, Stacy Galino. Hey, y'all. Hey there, everybody. It's Stacy. We're so glad to be back with you again today on our new spring season of Faith and Good Counsel. I hope you're enjoying it. We, I'm certainly enjoying all the guests and uh, my lovely guest again and slash co-host who is with me today, Erin Franco, the humble handmaid. That's right. She's back today. Hey there, Erin. Hey, it is my pleasure to be back. Well, it's always such a good, awesome program, Erin, when you're here with me because you have so much good wisdom, um, pearls of wisdom, may I say, to offer to all of us. And you've got an especially good one today. And I love, I just love our topic. This is, this is our topic, y'all. When happily ever after meets reality. Don't you love that? I didn't come up with that. That's Erin. <laughs> That's why she's here. <laughs> and it, but it's particular though, right, Erin, to parenthood. So mm-hmm. we're talking, cause that could apply to so many things, but we're going to talk about it in relation to, and in particular, young parenthood, right? Yes. Yeah. Cool. So, you know, I was reflecting on our topic and I was thinking it just, it came to me particular saints I know you thought of Saint Gianna Mola who is such an example of of sacrifice and love genuine love and charity for one's family she literally gave her life for the life of her baby so she we will definitely um, ask for her intercession but also blessed Louis and Zaley Martin right the parents of Saint Therese of Lisieux and other many holy children I forget how many children they had quite a part a passel huh mm-hmm. quite a few so well welcome everybody to another episode of faith and good counsel and so please let us join together um, as we begin our program today in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit we pray our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And let us ask the intercession of blessed Louis and Zaley Martin, St. Gianna Mola, and St. John Paul II, who, as you know, was the champion of the family. So please pray for us. We need your prayers now more than ever. So, well, Aaron, I'm really intrigued with this topic when happily ever after meets reality. And I'm thinking, how did you come up with this? Maybe you've met some challenges in your reality. Uh, well, Stacy, I hail from well within the first 10 years of marriage. And I have three children under the age of six. So I hail from reality. Yes. From, uh, <laughs> from happily ever after on my wedding day to um, down in the beautiful and the messy and the sometimes the trenches of young parenthood. So wait, before you go on, I have a question. When did reality smack you in the face? <laughs> oh, goodness. Let's think about that. I, I think it I think it was um, maybe a kind of a slow thing mm-hmm. uh, when I finally realized and I kind of accepted, this is really hard. Probably really when I had my hard. first my first baby sometime in there uh, when I was up. Weeping in the middle of the night, Aww. feeding this fussy baby again, and praying my rosary, and thinking this is 
exhausting and tiring and I don't know what I'm doing and it's not really fun God I thought it was gonna be fun (laughs) oh I so remember it seems like only yesterday well but you have some wisdom you know having said that you're just in you know you're 10 years of marriage and you have three children you are there you are there in reality and you have plenty to offer us I'm just curious you've got some tips for us today I do. And I have tips that I'm really trying to live out. I mean, yesterday I was preparing for the show and I had kind of a rough day. (laughs) It was just one of those days where I'm like, okay, Erin, you have a blog where you encourage other young mothers. Go read your own posts and prop yourself up. You can do this. Awesome. So I'm, I'm trying to live it out. And I just, I really have a heart for sharing any little bits of advice that I find. But So I wanted to start out by telling all young parents that you need to go out and see Mom's Night Out. I think it came out in 2014. Yes. Cute movie. Cute, cute, hysterical. Your husband will like it too. Mine did. He watched it multiple times with me. Oh, the secret's out. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. But they have this this scene in the movie kind of early on. She's the main character. Her name's Allie, and she has three small children. And she and her husband and children are going out somewhere one evening. And they pull up to a stoplight, and there are a pair of newlyweds and a little sports car next door, and they're being all lovey-dovey and have ribbons and cans, you know, floating behind the car. And she leans over and says, hey, guys, I just wanted to tell you congratulations. And then it kind of hits her. Something kind of hits her and comes over her, and she goes, and you know what? I just want to tell you, too, you don't even know how hard it's going to (laughs) get. And she's just in a she's in a tough season and doesn't know how to handle it. And she, uh, it's just hysterical what she ends up saying to them, and they're horrified, of course. Oh, because they are not in reality mm. just yet. They're on. They're about to be on their honeymoon, right? The honeymoon phase, yeah. which is glorious and a great gift. Yeah. yeah. So, but really, there is so much stretching and growing that you do. I think, in maybe in especially these first few years when you're having children. Um, a lot in your marriage is stretching and changing and growing and a lot in you. And I think one thing that I still am, I try to come to terms with every day is that as a mom, I am called to, well, not called to, I'm forced to serve my family and do all of these things. When that baby cries, I have to get up and go right. feed the baby. I have to get some kind of dinner on the table. I have to get laundry done. And so you, I think spiritually you have to get to the point where you choose that service and you, and not even surrendering, but you, you go from being forced to do it and having it taken from you to giving it on your own. And that's something I think you really have to, it's a daily thing. Yeah. I think it's quite an adjustment Mm -hmm. and I don't think it, would you agree, Erin, that in your life, no one has ever needed you more than your newborn child. Mm -hmm. And that, that in itself knowing that you are the sole mother, you know, of the, there are two parents, but there's only one mama and it's you. And usually that's what those, it, all the way through, you know, infanthood to young childhood and so forth. I mean, you, mamas are it. They're the, mm-hmm. the, the center, that heart of the home. And so mama, you know, mama, 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 mom, mama, you know, it's <laughs> constant. It never, it never stops. You know, excuse me, you're talking about, something uh, idea of serving your family and being forced to do something versus choosing to do something that 
forced to do something, those thoughts and ideas, you know, they kind of ring to me of more of a, of a, a feminist, feministic ideal um, or feminist ideas, I should say, um, that are out there that cause people to reject motherhood. And it, you can see how you can kind of go down that hill because we're surrounded with these messages about motherhood mm-hmm. is bad and you don't have control of your life. But you're talking about something that's very countercultural. And I have to say, um, the countenance of which and the radiance of which shows through you. It's, it's with great love that you do these things. And so, you know, we don't want angry and bitter. We want love. And that comes through that surrender and sacrifice that you're talking about today. I think that a lot of us feel in these early years of parenthood that we are losing ourselves to some mm-hmm. extent, that we are even just losing our control over our time. Right. I would love to read more. I love to read. I would love to do different hobbies more, but I can't right now. But but that idea, the idea that if you're losing yourself, that you're doing something wrong or there's something wrong or there's something too hard, that is, that's a lie because right. we know that when we lose our lives, we will save it. And if we want to save our lives, we must lose it. I think John Paul II had a wonderful quote. I'm trying to remember. He's, oh, I, I remember. He said, man finds himself only through a sincere gift of self. Yes, and that's one that you have to really take to prayer and ponder on that because we're bombarded with the opposite message, right? Mm-hmm. Selfishness is where it's at in our culture, and that is not the way to happiness. In fact, you may be asking, why am I so unhappy? You know, well, if you mm-hmm. follow the cultural ideas versus what our faith teaches us, our very bodies are stamped with our creation that are drawn to that gift, mm-hmm. that self-sacrifice. And there's another idea, too, uh, actually a Bible verse that helps me every day. I have it on the top of my to-do list. I rewrite it every day. Is Colossians 3.23. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for God and not for men. In our vocation as a mother, but any vocation, any place where we are every day of our lives, all the work we do is for God and not for men. So that idea that we see Christ in others, we serve others for Christ, not because others deserve it, not because an infant is the most grateful person on earth (laughs) or a child or husband or a coworker or whatever it may be, but we do it for God because he put those people in our lives and he put us in their lives to be his hands and feet to them. Yeah. So you're saying it's not about us, right? It's not about us. Ooh, that's hard to hear, (laughs) (laughs) but it's really not. And the more that you, you have that expectation that it is about you, the unhappier you're going to be. And I've, I've seen this play out over and over and over again in people's lives. And so, you know, Aaron, we're, we're coming up to a break here, but I love this. There's a little pearl here. And you talk about a sound goal for the little years as a mother and parent. What, what would that sound goal be? I think the goal is to trust, to grow in your trust in God, to persevere, and to humble yourself before the task that God has put you, put before you to bloom where you're planted. And I've seen this in action in, in you, in your, your mothering, your children. I, I remember one specific uh, instance. There's so many, but one has really touched my heart with your third little darling, Gianna, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, named after St. Gianna. 
Um, yes, she was an, a little infant, and she was beginning to squirm a little bit, and she was getting hungry. And I just remember you preparing, and there was a lot of chaos going on in other parts of the house and so forth, and you attuned to your child, and you said, it is my pleasure. Are you hungry? It's my pleasure to feed you now. I mean, that was a decision. That was a choice. And I, I have never forgotten that. It just warmed my heart. And that, my friends, is an example of self-sacrifice. So, yeah, on that note, we're going to take a little break. And when we come back, we're going to continue talking about when happily ever after meets reality in our early parenting years. Y'all stick around. Faith and Good Counsel. Hi there, I'm Dr. Greg Popchak. And I'm Lisa Popchak. Together we're the hosts of More to Life, a call-in program focusing on leading a more abundant marriage, family, and personal life. Join us weekdays at 11 Central as we apply both the wisdom of St. John Paul II's Theology of the Body and insights from contemporary psychology to help you become everything you were created to be. Tune in and call in with your questions. That's More to Life, weekdays at 11 Central, right here on Catholic Community Radio. I went to church and just sat there and listened. I really didn't absorb anything. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control and church was actually a a burden to me. I had this sin that I carried in my heart for a long time. And I told myself for many, many years that the Lord wouldn't forgive me for this. When, When Father in the confessional says, your sins are forgiven, there truly is a, a feeling of, of weight lifted off. I don't care if it's two or three little sins that you're carrying, there's a feeling of I can breathe deeply again. I feel pure inside and I'm, and I'm ready to come to Mass. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home. If you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. When you come home to the, to the church, you're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith and Good Counsel. I'm Stacy Galino, your host. Always a pleasure to have my darling co-host and my guest today. She's double-dutying it today because she can do that kind of thing. That's Erin Franco, the humble handmaid. Hey there, darling. Hello. Loving our topic today. The topic that Erin brought is when happily ever after meets reality. And boy, can we kind of relate to that in so many aspects of our life. We have these expectations, you know, that we we seem to have. They're informed by our culture and other, you know, maybe past experiences in life and um, our own parenting experiences and what have you. But Erin is talking today about something very countercultural um, with regard to happily ever after then meeting reality specific to early parenthood. And she's got some tips for us today. We've been talking about those in the in the previous segment. We talked about how losing yourself is really the name of the game. And that's in any vocation, but it, especially in parenthood. Now, I don't know how many secular people, mindsetted folk would say losing yourself is something to be strived for, but in our faith teaches us the beauty of it, the beauty of it. Um, and then being from being impelled to give, such as when you have a brand new baby, versus choosing 
to give. And I, I see this played out um, in my relationship with Erin and, and her beautiful children. And I have to tell you, it is beautiful. But we've got some other topics. I know one of them, I think, um, one of those tips, Erin, is the importance of like-minded people in your network of friends. Can you talk a little bit about that and how that impacts your parenting and reality? Community is so important. That's something that the Lord really blessed my husband Michael and I with when we first started having children and really our our entire marriage. But we have really learned the importance of having a like-minded community faith-wise. Even early on when the stakes are so, you know, your children's stakes are so low when they're little as far as their problems are little. But when their problems start getting bigger, you know, when you get maybe into elementary school and middle school and beyond, to have that community of people and have your children's friends even be parented by people that view the world and parent their children toward the same goal that you have. I can imagine, though I'm not quite there yet, how important that must be. Even sending your child over, for example, when they're a little older to a sleepover and mm-hmm. knowing what kind of movies will be watched and what kind of movies will not be watched at the sleepover. Yeah, we have we have had um, experiences with this kind of thing in our own parenting. And, um, you know, as my children have gotten older, I mean, I was very careful, very careful. They will tell you that. And yet, worldly influences harmed, you know, harmed my children, one in particular. Um, and so, small, it really, Erin, what you're talking about is a small Christian community. Mm-hmm. But even more so, just because someone says they're Christian, they're Catholic, the values and the morals really need to be very, very similar because there's a wide berth of opinions about what constitute Christian Catholic behavior. And so I would just add to that, you know, how how important it is to know that, you know, people are <laughs> of that like-mindedness. I, I you know, mm-hmm. want you to actually speak more about that, but. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm reflecting back and, uh, yeah. So what about another tip? I think one, I think a big tip that I have, despite all of the beauty and the messiness and the hard days that I sometimes have having three children in seven years so far, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I want to say that it is such a blessing and a gift to, Seek the will of God in planning your family rather than what you feel, even as a couple, what you feel or think that you can do. My husband and I have been in the place where we have waited anxiously for a little one. We've been in a place where we've been surprised by a pregnancy. We've been in the place where we've lost a pregnancy. Mm, We have really learned that God is in full control in that he has a perfect plan that brings everything together for our good. I, um, I've, I always get asked, you know, what, what's your number? When are you guys going to stop having kids? And I tell them, I think maybe like a lot of teenage girls, when I was a teenager, I, with my friends, we had a list that we made of all of the perfect things that we wanted for our, our future husband. And we listed out all of the qualities that we wanted that would be perfect for us. And then the guy that the Lord actually brought to me had a lot of those things on the list, but there are a lot of other wonderful things that I wouldn't have even known to put on the list. Right, right. 
because you've grown in your faith and your devotion and your um, your spirituality and mm-hmm. uh, your charism um, and your just your devotion to the Lord. And when when you have that posture of openness and receptivity, He informs you, and then your mm-hmm. desires change. Do you know it's so mm-hmm. and so incredibly beautiful? So, you know, again, you're speaking about. Um, you know, when friends ask you what is your number, or things like that, it's coming from that that secular mindset of we are in control, up to and including our own bodies, our fertility. Do you know? And what you've described in both to here today and in past programs is that openness to God's will. Yes, I, I I've understood that you and your husband use um, Creighton model, if mm-hmm. I'm not Natural mistaken. Family planning. Yes, mm-hmm. and so. Um, there's a discernment every, every month and an openness to God's will. Um, and, and also the way in which you, Aaron, momentarily ago spoke about that openness to the, quote, surprise pregnancy, the loss, which is really, really sad, as well as, you know, planning, if you will, a pregnancy. So you have the, the freedom to do that within the faith through a, a method, a beautiful method, the Creighton model. But it's it's with the understanding at the crux that you are not in control, that the Lord is the giver of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it it is a hard thing. I, I didn't know how hard it was going to be before I got married and before, you know, we entered into that, you know, state being in being married. Um, and that's something that I think maybe, you know, we need to hear more before we get married, that it's going to be hard. But I read a book a while back that really put it into perspective. Um, natural family planning or planning your family size as a faithful Catholic person is really hard, but it is such a lesser hard or a better hard or in a purposeful hard than all the rest of it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And that they ever, all of it's hard. Life is mm-hmm. hard. Okay. We're, we're told we're going to have crosses. But even with the very best of medical technology as we have it today is still imperfect. And how crushing is it when we have, we don't even realize that we've been fed, that we are in total control of our bodies and our lives and so forth, how devastating it is when something happens and you have to face the fact that you are not in control. That is very hard for people to assimilate within themselves and it leads to anxiety and depression and all these other you know things at least at a minimum contributes to it because we have this expectation out here that you may not even realize you have because it's just Mm -hmm. we're surrounded with it and then you have something happen that was totally unexpected and you don't really have I guess maybe a potentially a foundation of faith of redemptive suffering from which to understand it and process it but you know the Lord uses those when we're open, he will use those experiences to teach us that, mm-hmm. you know, so, so I love, so planning the size of your family, um, as a tip when happily ever after meets reality, again, there's that element of surrender there, mm-hmm. you know, but it's a beautiful, it's not like the white flag, you know, it's glorious. It's glorious. Well, what about, what about when somebody is having trouble? Aaron, and legitimately, and is really, really struggling, and in that, in that pit of confusion, um, what would you recommend? I guess 
I think one thing that I would definitely tell couples is something, actually I read something a few years ago. It said that it takes an average of six years for a couple having serious marital problems or problems within their family or marriage to get help, to ask for help outside wow, of just discussing it. Yeah, and that's the average. And um, so I think one thing that I, I try to counsel people is if, if there's something going on, if there's something unaddressed in your marriage or in yourself that's going on, um, seek out solid, holy help if you can. Maybe a marriage counselor, maybe a therapist, maybe um, seek a good community of girlfriends. Right. Um, like, again, like-minded. Mm-hmm. This this comes, you know, to a point of when we need to, again, just say, hopefully that the people from whom you're seeking counsel have a like-minded heart and mind and value system morality, mm-hmm. preferably of the Catholic faith, do you know? So that, that you can, con- at least you have that common ground from which to move forward. You know, a lot of times in marriage counseling, you know, there's, well, it's time for you to leave that person. I mean, you do hear this. I hear it a lot. And um, it's not, that that would not be the Catholic viewpoint that we, for at least we need to try to work on it from the, from the, from the beauty of our Catholic faith. And so I would just add that to what you said and just don't be afraid, you know, do your homework, look for that like-minded individual or individuals and don't be afraid. You're not alone. You know, you have that, that delusion that we're alone in our suffering, that everybody else is doing great and we're the only ones suffering yeah. here. You yeah, know, don't you do that? There are so many U2s out there, uh, yeah. so many, exactly. um, and and I really, there is such, such a plethora of really great blogs even out there, and blogs yes. are especially, um, like, I'm, in, I'm a blogger, I blog at HumbleHandmade.com, and so I know firsthand there are a lot of great women out there and great online communities where you can find your U2s and you can find solid Catholic advice. Yeah. So what are some of those good blogs? Because you mentioned HumbleHandmate.com, mm-hmm. which I highly recommend. I'm I'm a regular reader of your blog. Yeah. Um, Conversion Diary, Jennifer Fulweather, oh, yeah. Carrots for Michaelmas, Haley Stewart is a good one, uh, Fountains of Home, ha- uh, Hallie Lord is a great one on marriage. really yeah. like her a lot. Katie Seba. Uh, Katie Seba at The Catholic Wife is a good friend. Um, even Simca Fisher, uh, she's written a couple of books and and her blog is good as well. Yeah, and so there's there's a lot of information out there um, that you can can tap into and to begin to kind of wade through um, and learn more about the, the concepts and the pearls of wisdom that Aaron has been sharing today. Well, I you know I've, you've shared so much, Aaron. Uh, beautiful, beautiful tips and wisdom. Is there one final tip or piece of uh, piece of wisdom that you could? could share with us as you kind of think back over happily ever after meets reality. Uh, I would say cling to hope that your marriage has as much potential. Your family has as much potential as God has power. Um, And I would say you cannot outgive God. Absolutely. I thank God that there's our creator. We're just the created y'all. He is the creator and he, his grace is sufficient. We only have to go right? Go to the well. We're thirsting. You know, think about the story of the woman at the well. Christ was already at the well waiting for her. Well, he's there at the well waiting 
for us. And we're thirsty, y'all. We're thirsty for it. This is what you're looking for. You're not looking for selfishness. You're looking for that surrender. So thank y'all so much for being with us today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of Faith and Good Counsel with Stacey Galino, my guest today, Aaron Franco, the humble handmaid. And until next time, Pox Christie, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Faith and Good Counsel is a production of Catholic Community Radio. 